Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. Unfortunately, my co-host, Lamont Jordan, could not be here today, but I have a very, very special guest in his place. Former Jet linebacker Avery Williamson is here joining me. Avery, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to me uh, and give our fans some insight on you and your life and your time in New York. Thank you again. We're really happy to have you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You were with the team from 2018 through about halfway through 2020. Uh, wasn't too long of a stint, but you became an instant fan favorite from the second you signed. I know I speak for pretty much everybody when we say that we all loved you for your time in New York. Um, it wasn't long, but it was definitely a fun time. And and for you in particular, you know, it was during a really rough time in Jets history. There's been a lot of rough times in Jets football, but those (laughs) few years in particular were definitely some of the, the rough spots and you were, you were a bright moment in some dark times. So thank you so much for that. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, it was definitely tough. Yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that. I want to save yeah. that for a little bit, but we'll not uh, not go too hard. Uh, so you play college football, Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that you stay pretty connected with the Kentucky program, from what I've seen. Um, did you speak to Brandon Eccles when he got drafted, fellow Kentucky Wildcat? Um, nah, but I actually I didn't I didn't know him personally, but mm-hmm. actually when I when it, uh, when I went back up to to the Jets last year and mm-hmm. had a workout and I run into him. I was like, Hey, wait, and we were talking or whatever. He mm-hmm. came and spoke to me, but, um, he's actually, man, he's, he's doing pretty good up there, man, for, you know, yeah. coming out. I believe he was, he was a late round draft. Yeah. Pick, he was a sixth uh, round pick. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, he, I told him, man, just keep continue to work, but he's, he's definitely doing a good job. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm really excited to see how he does in his second year. Yeah, you know, being a sixth round pick and starting the whole year on the outside. That's impressive. That's really oh, yeah. impressive. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's that's tough to do. It's, it's very tough, tough to do. That's a, you got six round picks that don't even make the roster sometimes. So oh, yeah. to be doing that, yeah. A fifth round pick. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, fifth round pick yourself, 151st overall by Tennessee. Yeah, um, I know that that is a lot. Uh, it's a thing for a lot of players where – they say once you get in, it doesn't matter about where you got drafted is what you do with it. But I know for the guys like yourself that were taken in those later rounds, there's always that motivation to prove that you should have been higher or that you were a steal or anything of those. And so I definitely know that. And I love hearing yeah. that. Uh, speaking with the Jets in particular, like I said, you were from 2018 through a little bit of 2020. You signed as a free agent in 2018. Talk me through that process. What was it like being a free agent? What attracted you to New York? What about Todd Bowles's defense was the coach at the time that you liked playing in? Just why the Jets? Uh, man, free agency was nerve wracking. I mean, especially mm-hmm. coming off of, uh, my my last year in Tennessee, you know, it was kind of up in the air with everything. Right. Uh, um, you know, they were kind of rotating me and things like that in Tennessee. So I was like, didn't really know how my value was going to be my first time in free agency. So it was definitely a, a nervous process, man. And mm-hmm. I was calling my agent a lot. <laughs> like, man, yeah. what's going on? Um, but now, it, you know, just I was actually about to sign with, I, I thought I was going to sign with uh, either Philly or uh, the Colts mm-hmm. and then the Jets came out of nowhere and they threw that bag. I was like, Oh shoot. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know anything about the All Jets, right, but, uh, 
Yeah, I, I think I'm, go, I'm probably gonna go up east. So um, now, honestly, man, people are like, you know, what attracted you? you know, this and that. It's like, I mean, I, I had to go chase the money. You know, I didn't. No, absolutely. No, yeah. listen, I'm you with gotta you get guys. a political. You got to get a political answer. Oh yeah, this and that. You know, yeah, excited about this, but at the end of the day, man, you got to go seize the opportunity. You know, and, and get that payday while you're hot. No, a hundred percent. And for a fifth round pick like yourself, making nothing for the time before you got any amount of a free agent contract. I mean, that's, that's life-changing. You got to secure that for yourself and your family. I know I had seen uh, an interview just earlier before we came on. I saw that you said you grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm sure for yourself, getting that security, being from that upbringing and and having that opportunity to to set yourself up and your family up was really important. Uh, So I don't blame you at all. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean, it's just the the fact of of being able to have that security, uh, you know, being able to go in there and, and, and know that I'm, you know, going to be solid the rest of my life. I right. mean, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's life changing money, you know, when you, mm-hmm. when you when you get to that that fifth year, but it's just so hard to get to it because it's just so many factors that can take place, you know, uh, injuries, uh, right. just Getting beat coaching out. changes, yeah, you coaching have changes, a new anything. staff come in that didn't draft you, that has some anything. other opinions, and yeah, a lot of things that are out of your control. Yes, yes, a lot, man. That's the politics of football, though. Yeah, no, play. that's it's a business, as they say, and that's the the business game of it. That's definitely a sign. So, 2018 was an interesting year. Obviously, they had some free agent additions, uh, but no bigger addition, whether free agency or otherwise, than their rookie quarterback. And that was when uh, Sam Darnold was drafted in the 2018 draft. So what was your impressions of Sam Darnold as a rookie? What was it like being in New York when they were bringing in a rookie quarterback, just being a part of the team for that year uh, and that process? That was the first rookie quarterback the Jets had drafted in the first round since Mark Sanchez. uh, And obviously the quarterback search was a big topic of everything else. So just what was it like being around Sam and, and his rookie year and everything else? Yeah, he had a he had a whole lot, man, going on. Um, you know, he, he's a cool dude, though. I like Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it didn't turn out as everyone wanted it to. You know, at you know, with the team, mm-hmm. but I mean, overall, I mean, I, I enjoyed playing with Sam. I think that was. I think he was that the year he got did he got sick too that year. That was the next year. So he played year. his rookie year, and then the next year was twenty nineteen. Um, and then you obviously had your injury in the preseason yeah. of that year. And then yeah. he had his mono two games in the 2019 yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, he he had a rough stint, man. But um, yeah. I mean, overall, man, I, I like Sam was just like, you know, he just never kind of, he kind of never knew what we might get from him, you know, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the flashes of, you know what I'm saying? Of, of doing great things. And then, you know, sometimes he, he'll, uh, he'll have some turnovers and things like that, but. I mean, you know, they gave him his opportunity. Man, I enjoyed playing with the guy, man. Cool dude. Uh, but it's just a tough business. And yeah. it's just part of the game. Everybody can't, you know what I'm saying, can't be as successful as they want to be. It's just the, the transition from college to pros. It, yeah. It's just not not for everybody. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Not everybody not. can be, not everybody can be a starter, go out there and be, you know, Tom Brady or well, not yeah. well, nobody's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But uh <laughs> But now everybody can go out there and just, you know what I'm saying, and be successful from year to year to year. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. it's tough at any position, especially at quarterback. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It, it's 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 a tough, tough job. And you got to be working 100% every day because you could have someone coming to take your spot right behind you at any moment's notice. 
And yeah. so it's, it's definitely tough. Uh, did you notice anything in like training camp or going through maybe practices uh, when he was a rookie to where you were thinking, oh, maybe we got something or, oh, maybe he might need some more time or, or just what was your opinion in practice of him when you first got to see him on the field? I thought that he was, he had some flashes of, of uh, some things he could, he could really be, he could really be a good quarterback. Um, being around my, like when I was in Tennessee, my second year, mm-hmm. we drafted Marcus Mariota. So I mm-hmm. uh, got to kind of see him. And I mean, he, I mean, Marcus, you know, electrifying, you never, you right. know, the legs and the arm. Um, but I mean, Sam, I knew that he had it in him. You know, I was like, I think this guy can really do something, you know, because, you know, you're, you're competing every day in practice and uh, you can see, hey, that was a great pass, you know? So um, I think that he he definitely um, has the, you know, he got the IQ for it, everything and, mm-hmm. and the arm, you know, just sometimes he just, you know, the injuries, different things, man. It's a lot of, right. a lot of different factors, yeah. but yeah. I mean, overall, man, I mean, he was, he was going going crazy in practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's see, that's what I figured is, is I knew that, uh, we'll, we'll get to the elephant in the room since you're kind of leading me there. A lot of things, injuries, otherwise also Adam Gase. And, and I think that, that we can just call a spade a spade and, and say that he was not a very good coach. And I think the results of how things have transpired since and the multitude of players that left his coaching and got better uh, or speak, however they speak about him. Um, there was a lot of reasons that Sam Darnold didn't work out in New York. Some of them are his own doing. Adam Gase being hired to tutor, uh, tutor him in his second year was definitely not one of those things that was his fault or did anything to help him. Yeah, you can't blame everything on the coach and uh, you can't blame, you know, everything on the player. Right. Uh, they both go two and two, hand in hand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, Adam Gase, man, he's, you know, he's a cool dude. Uh, but I mean, just, it wasn't, it wasn't gelling, man. You know, yeah. it wasn't, it was not gelling. And, I don't, I don't know what's going on in the, you know, the offensive side, but uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't going as we were expecting it. Yeah, and no, it, just, it wasn't, it wasn't meshing well. It wasn't meshing well at all, man. And it was a lot of frustration, you know, especially. Uh, well, that was the year I got hurt. His first right. year, yeah. So I was around, but I, you know, wasn't wasn't um in the building a lot, a mm. lot. And you know, in the means and things like that, but right. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't going as, as as guys expected, man. And it was a lot of frustration. I mean, it was when I when I came back um, my third year, you know, it was it was tough sledding, man. And, you know, yeah. in the NFL, you got to go out there against the best guys every every week, you know. So uh, not not uh every not not having everybody on on, on cue mm-hmm. detrimental, as you can see. Yeah, I, I left. We were on eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and and no hard feelings on this end about being glad to get out of that situation. Um, I yeah, know you I were was quite look, excited to get to Pittsburgh, and I, I don't blame you at all. Look, I was like, you said what, Pittsburgh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. I'm ready uh-huh. to go. I, yeah. the, I, I put the I put the uh, we were on the plane. We were on the plane. Mm-hmm. And I, I just found out. I put the little uh, like a little divider in between the seats. And I put it down and I was telling Chris Hearn, I was like, bro, I was like, guess what? I just got traded. He's like, to who? The Steelers. He's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, bro, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, yo, I I was sad to you know, leave all my boys, but uh-huh. I, yeah. 
Oh, man, I mean, it was an opportunity of a lifetime, man. Right, and, and exactly. And that was going to be the next thing I was going to say. The Steelers are a storied organization. Oh, they yeah. are a historical scene. For anyone that's a fan of the game, and you yourself, you seem like a very, very passionate person who loves football, cares about this game. And, you know, you're going to respect what the Steelers represent. Oh, yeah. I don't got to be a fan of the team to, to uh, know legacy and tradition and, and history and know that they're a well-run organization and yeah. that you were coming from a, a not very well-run organization yes. before. Yes, man. Uh, you know, growing up, I was, you know, I love the Titans. And I was, when I got a little bit older, I was a big, you know, Ray Lewis fan. Love watching the Ravens. But I always enjoyed the Steeler defense. And, I mean, it's yep. just, I mean, you can't even hate on them. Like, they just, they always are a solid team. Yep. And when I got that call saying that I was going to have the opportunity to play for the Steelers, I was like, what? I, I couldn't believe it. And um, the what they were doing, you know, that season, you know, Oh, they were seven and zero at the time, and um, yep. you know, zero and seven to seven yeah, and zero, doing some, you know, I, well, zero and eight, oh, yeah, I went to zero and eight to seven and zero, and then we end up beating Dallas that uh that week, uh in in Dallas, and it was crazy because when I got there, I was like, man, I hope I didn't bring a curse down or something like that. <laughs> the game like that, literally, that Cowboys game was so tight, neck and neck. I'm like, oh man, these fans gonna think they gotta brought a curse to the team, <laughs> so. So uh, I was like, yo, please, please pull through. But, you know, Big Ben, the boys found a way to win it. Uh, but nah, man, it was it was definitely, it was definitely, man, a, a great experience, you know, just being able to get traded to the Steelers, man. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was something that I was just super excited about. And, you know, I, I thought we were gonna have a chance to get to the Super Bowl, honest to God, man. I, I thought we were yeah. gonna make it. And just had some crazy stuff happening in the first round of playoffs, I mean, who thought that Baker Mayfield and the Browns would have, you know, I don't even remember what the score was, but yeah, it was, it was bad. Like first quarter, we, we mm -hmm. were down like 28, it was like zero, I think. It was, it was a yeah. shock to everybody. Yeah. It was like the first 10 minutes of the first quarter. And I was sitting there on the side like, like what just happened? Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. But, uh, but man, overall it was, it was a, it was a hell of an experience. That organization is, is top notch, you know, they, mm -hmm. they uh, definitely have amazing players in there. You know, they let the guys be themselves. They have coaches that have been there for, you know, years. Mm -hmm. Coach, Tomlin, oh, yeah. Coach Tomlin's cool as ice. I and, love and, Coach Tomlin. Oh yeah, man. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, an organization that I was hoping I was going to re get resigned, but you know, mm -hmm. it didn't work out. But, but overall I was, I was very pleased with my, my time there. Yeah. I can definitely see why. 100 yeah. <laughs> yeah all right i want to get something a little positive we got through the the dark times let's get to some yeah. more fun stuff um so who were some of your favorite uh teammates while you were in new york while i was in new york uh leo leo that's leo? my guy actually yeah mm -hmm. i still i still see him some we work out at uh mm -hmm. at uh brandon marshall's gym down here oh uh, yeah that's cool yeah 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 so got a little jet connection mm -hmm. uh brandon copeland trying to think who else well, I was I was really cool with Chris Herndon, mm -hmm. Jordan Jenkins. Uh, that those are some guys you know I was I was you know really cool with Frankie Louvu. Ah, I love Louvu. Yeah, man. So I, I had some had some good friends. I had some good friends up there, man. And mm -hmm. and uh, you know definitely, def I mean besides the you know the bad times, you know it's definitely right. some good, you know you meet some good some good guys. Mm -hmm. Steve McClendon. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man. Everyone yeah. who has ever met Steve McClendon raves about him. 
Yeah, yeah, Steve, Big Steve, man, that's, that's my guy. So, no, I definitely, it was the locker room, but it, it had some good dudes in it, mm. to say the least. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it did. And you could tell, even though things were tough, that that you guys were were not completely and totally just a dysfunctional mess. No, no, that no. There, there might have been issues and there might have been disagreements, but it was more about coaching and schematics than it was necessarily about, you know, people hating each other or turning their backs or, or anything like that. Uh, and I'm really yeah. glad that you still had some good, um, some good relationships there. Uh, one personal thing, this doesn't even have to be just with the jets, just throughout your entire career, who was your favorite coach you played under like position coach, defense coordinator, head coach, anything. Man, I would, I'll probably have to say uh, my favorite would be, I got, man, it's, that's tough because I got I got a I got a tie between mm-hmm. yeah I would I would probably have to say Dick LeBeau and Coach mm-hmm. Tomlin yeah, yeah Dick LeBeau and Coach Pittsburgh Tomlin, those yeah yeah those two guys they were they were you know definitely to you know say the least man you know solid dudes all around um I mean it's they just they just they know how to how to mesh well with guys they know how mm-hmm. to just not only be a coach, but to be, you know, a a cool person off the field. Yeah. And yeah. Dickie Bird, man, that's my guy, man. He he'll take mm-hmm. he'll take he'll take you know ten seconds to to to, to uh, say the play on the field. Everybody's like, they looking at me like, what, what's the call? Mm-hmm. What's the call? You know, Coach LeBeau, you you know he got the, he got the sticky note in his hand with like ten plays. I'm like, come on, Coach, you only got ten plays on the on the note card. Go ahead mm-hmm. and call it, man. So right. Uh, but nah, man, Coach LeBeau, man, he's cool as ice, man. He he, uh, he always have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. In meetings, like literally every morning, he have a, a story to tell to the defense. Yeah, I mean, and, the dude's been around football oh, yeah. for so long. I mean, for those that don't know, Dick LeBeau was a former player himself in the yeah. 60s and with the Lions. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and I might be remembering correctly, did he cross paths with, with, uh, with Dick Wayne? Yeah, were, were Dick, they, uh, Dick Night Train Lane. Night Train like, Lane, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah. Yeah, he did. Were they, yeah, teammates with, with, with Dick Lane, you know, played for, for the Lions throughout most of his time way, way, way back, and then was a coach almost immediately after retired and coached for decades. So I'm sure he had a, a multitude of stories. Oh, man, I mean, <laughs> the dude's got stories for, I mean, he could write a book. I mean, it was one mm-hmm. story. I think it was he snuck out of camp. He, he when they were in camp, he snuck out to see some girl, and mm-hmm. it was crazy. Like he, he jumped out the window of where they were staying. It was it was, it was wild, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would always turn. He would always turn at the end. Just would be like, he'd be like, this dude. He need you know he need to be a book writer or something, man. It's right. Like it's crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. But but now nah, Coach Coach LeBeau, man, he's awesome, awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. One of my like bucket list interviews uh for my yeah. career, without a doubt. Dick I haven't talked to him in a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Coach LeBone in a while, man. I hope he's doing great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh what was it like working uh, under Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles. Todd, I, lo- I love Coach Bowles. He yeah, he's definitely he was he was he was a great coach, man, with, with the Jets. I I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed him. And that whole staff was was awesome. I actually Reached out to Coach Bowles after they won the Super Bowl a few weeks after, told him, mm-hmm. told him congrats and everything, man. And and it was, you know, just I was happy for them, truly happy for them. Him, right. him, Casey Rogers, uh, my linebacker coach, you know, they 
they had some guys on there that were, you know, really good guys. And yeah, I was glad to see them win the Super Bowl. You know, he, yeah. When they when they first uh, uh coach when uh when Coach Bowles got down there, he, I heard that he was he was happy with his office. <laughs> he had a great mm-hmm. view. Yeah. But but nah, to, to say the least, he he definitely, you know, he we just didn't have all the pieces. That, and that was the thing. Right. Great coach, just did not have all the pieces uh yeah. in place to really be successful. And in the NFL, you gotta have at least Everything. at least eight out of the ten. Mm-hmm. Pieces, yeah. you know what I'm saying, in place. Yeah. Well, if you want to be politically correct, eight out of eleven. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I if you I yeah, I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound slow. <laughs> yeah. No. No, you're good. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I always felt pretty much the same way. I really liked Todd Bowles as a coach. I thought that the team played hard for him. I thought that they were, for the most part, situationally aware where you weren't having complete mental lapses. They seemed to be understanding of what was going on and prepared, and they just didn't have the pieces. I mean, it was a roster that just needed talent, and you had, if you look at their draft history from a a lot of time from like 2016 through about 2020, there's barely anybody that they drafted that's still on the team or stayed in the team for any amount of time at all. So, you know, there's just, there just wasn't that talent there. Uh, I want to get to 2019. Um, It was obviously a tough time for you. You got injured in the preseason uh, and tore your ACL and had to miss the whole year. Uh, It was a pretty freak play in the end zone. I'm trying to remember, was it against Indianapolis off the top of my head? Falcons. Okay. So yeah, it was against the Falcons. Um, and it was in the end zone and you had someone hit your knee from the side of their helmet and it hurt, it tore your knee up and you would have missed the whole year. And it was rough. I'm sure for you as a player, there's nothing worse than that than being hurt, uh, especially that close to the year you've been through training camp and the, the gruel of all of that. And then you get ready to go through the year. But what you did that I thought was awesome. And so did many, many other Jets fans is you didn't seem to, at least on the outside, let it seem like it was bothering you or affect you. And you had a pretty viral picture the first time you did it. You did it a couple of times um, when you were at home being able to watch the Jets in week one and you're sitting on your couch in full uniform, helmet, pads, shirt, socks, the whole nine. And the fans just ate the picture up and it became uh, as if you were already a fan favorite. You became even more of a fan favorite from there. So let's not dwell on the injury part of it, because I don't want to make you go relive anything that's tough yeah. we'll past that now. What who came up with the idea for that picture? Was that your idea? Did someone give you that idea? It was, I know me and my marketing agent, we mm-hmm. were talking about it. I can't, I mean, because I, I was like, you know what? I, I can't remember how we officially came up with it, but I was like, maybe I should just do something like get my uniform. Mm-hmm. And Alex was like, you know, let's do it. And just kind of did it. And I was like, well, maybe, you know what I'm saying? We, Started talking, it was like, should do it every week. Just do do a picture in a different mm-hmm. place, my uniform every week. You know, since I can't be at the game. I mean, I can't, I couldn't be at the games at the, at the right. moment. And, you know, I wasn't playing. So it was like, what else am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. just sit there and be bored, go to go to treatment. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make some fun out of this and just mm-hmm. go out and take pictures in my uniform in different places. But, man, I ain't going to lie. It was... It was something funny, man, and, and it definitely, looking back, it was something that really helped me get out of a dark place because that injury right. was, like, just very devastating, very devastating. Yeah. You know, it just – I mean, it was my first time ever getting hurt like that. You know, I went five straight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five straight years, 
only missed one game. And, you know, I was literally just bragging to somebody that camp or something. I was saying, like, how I, I was like, yeah, I, I only missed one game my whole mm-hmm. career. Right. And, you know, I just very proud of that. You know, I hadn't, hadn't, I'm always on the field. And then out of nowhere, it just, you know, it's done. You know what I'm saying? So it was something that, that uh, really helped me out and got a lot of laughs. My teammates were always like, yeah, what you gonna do next? You know, like mm-hmm. it just was something that was real funny and comical. And I don't know if the organization liked it too much, but <laughs> <laughs> but at the moment, I'm like, man, I don't even care. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and y'all gotta pay me anyway, so right. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well just have some fun with it. But oh. that was that was the the I would say the most the the craziest one was the subway one. That was mm-hmm. that was something that was. I mean, just through the roof, hilarious, man. It was. Oh my god! It was, so I mean, I'm, I was embarrassed to do it at first. I'm like, I don't want. I gotta walk with. Uh-huh. A, I gotta walk with a right. subway with my uniform. Right, you got it right. They see the one picture of the 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 moment of that snapshot. They don't know everything before and then yeah. everything after. As soon as you went to get up. Yeah, I should have. I should have. Uh, I should have like had a a camera guy like follow me around too. Mm-hmm. Like see people's reactions, but. The the subway, people still didn't really even like they didn't really even pay too much attention. Uh, it was one person was like, "Yo, yo, you play for the Jets?" I was like, "Nah, nah." I was like, "I don't even play." I just, I just out <laughs> here. But it, I saw like one, like one or two people like kind of look at their phones and like like looking at me. Uh, but I got on the subway. It was nobody even really even like. Pay too much money. The rumors are true of the New Yorkers who couldn't care less about anything else care. going Man, on on the subway. I could have dropped dead. They would just walk right over me. Yep. But it, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, one one girl, she didn't even want to talk. She was like, I was like, hey, how's your day going? She's like, just looked at me crazy. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just asking. Yeah, but it, it was, that was, that was the oh, funniest. God. That was, that's probably the funniest one. That and, and being in the store and getting, getting groceries. Yeah. Oh, they were, they yeah. were so good. They were so good. Did you expect them to be as big of a thing as they ended up becoming? Oh. Or do you just think it was just going to be some funny thing you were going to do? Yeah. You didn't think I so? I thought it was just something funny, you know, that would teammates laugh at people laugh at, you know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would reach that yeah. far. You're, you're a meme in, in Jets fandom now where it's like people post the picture of you sitting on the couch with your knee no. crossed over being like yeah. game day, ready to go. And it's, yeah. No, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna live forever. I mean, I'd put you in the ring of honor for that alone. Ring of like, honor, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and it was even crazier when I when I got traded. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you did the one with yeah, the, Alex, the taxi. My marketing agent, Alex, was like, "Yo, you should put that picture with the umbrella going to Pittsburgh." I was like, "Dang, maybe you're right." And that, I mean, that literally uh-huh. that went bananas. I was like, "What?" I had so many people hit me up. Like, <laughs> it was it was crazy. And it, it, I literally to this day, people will people will be like, like, hey, uh, oh man, so who's calling me? Somebody calling me, somebody in here. Um, but now nah, literally people to this day will like some guys will ask, like, yo, was that was that you that would you know taking pictures of you on the subway? And I was like, Yeah, that was me. <laughs> so it definitely reached reached a uh it reached a, a crowd that I didn't expect it to. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. All right. I got one more one more story I want to get into Uh, something I heard in passing. I was watching you do an interview uh, with your former school, Kentucky, uh, and they had mentioned about uh, rookies in this past draft class and guys who had been taken from Kentucky, like Darian Kennard, Josh Pascal and those guys. And you had mentioned 
uh, a story of running up a tab on the rookies in 2020 uh, oh, yeah. with the New York Jets. So tell me about that. Cause that for that's Makai Becton, Denzel Mims, Ashton Davis, you know, those guys. And Blake apparently Cash. you said, and, and you know, Blake Cashman and Cameron, uh, Cameron Clark. And yeah. And they had said, you know, you had said in the interview, I'm, I was usually nice to rookies and I fully believed that you were, except for this time we ran it up pretty good in 2020. So what was it about 2020 that you guys did? I don't know, it, but it was, I think it was just the, the moment, you know, I was, I was hurt. Yeah, I was hurt that year. I was bored. I was like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh well. And then Jamal, he 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 added to it too, you know. So of course, yeah, yeah. So we, <laughs> king king instigator Jamal Adams. Yeah. yeah. So we went to I think we went to catch. We went to catch. We went to I don't know what clubs. We went to clubs, man. We we were all over the place. We I, I know we stayed out until at least I got back. I fell asleep in the in the sprinter. Like I was, I was, I was done for. Uh, but I just know that we got we got back. It was it was the sun was coming up a little bit. But uh, I know Blake was was uh, Blake was we we left the last spot we left and Blake was like telling the driver, hey, I want to hey we can you take us to this spot. He was like, no, we're going home. <laughs> we're going home. He was like, all right, man, like, look. Blake Cashman was the bus kill. Yo, he was, the driver was pissed, man. Gordon, he was, he was hot. He was like, look, y'all, fellas, y'all had enough. Yeah. Uh, at least about four in the morning, man. He was, mm-hmm. he was, ready, he was ready to slide. But, but yeah, we ran up a tab on, on Blake. And I, and I ended up going to treatment the next day. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I, I got we up. Made, hey, we made it. We I made just it. went in there and just laid on the table and, uh, I was I was uh smelling like last night, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Had a good night, yep. man. So so uh they, they were like, oh man, you, the trains was like, what shock mm-hmm. did you even came in today? I was like, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. My <laughs> right. Yeah, I had to get my knee right, man. But oh. but uh, but now nah, Blake, we ran up a nice, nice bill on. Mm-hmm. Who was the biggest uh who was <laughs> the biggest partier of all the rookies that year? Was it Blake Ashman? Uh who I'm trying to think of the list. It was it was Blake. Who? Yeah, that was 20... 2020. Yeah, yeah. so that was Makai Becton, um, Denzel Mims, Ashton Davis was the twenty twenty uh, draft class. Braden Mann, Bryce Hall, and then would have been. But was it maybe twenty nineteen? Was Blake twenty nineteen? Because that would have been before you got yeah, hurt. Yeah, that was twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen class. Okay, yeah, that was that was the year I got hurt. Twenty nineteen. Okay, yeah. So that was Quentin Williams um, was 2019. Cameron Clark was 2019. I'm pretty sure. I would probably say Blake was probably Blake. Little, yeah, he tried to. He tried. Yeah, he was trying to be a little party animal. Yeah, that the Minnesota and him trying to trying yeah, to show yeah. show how he could he could survive in the big city coming from Minnesota. Oh uh, yeah, he was. He always coming to me, trying to trying to um, just show off what he was doing the night before. Coach to shut him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll get you traded. <laughs> yeah, it will. Don't case everything. <laughs> no, case everything. Nah, no, that'll, that'll happen. Uh, Avery, <laughs> thank you so so much for taking the time to stop and talk with me. This has been great. Uh, you have an yeah. upcoming event, Avery Day, as you were telling yeah. me in Milan, Tennessee, at your former Milan, high school. Milan, excuse Milan, me, Milan, Italy. Excuse me, not Milan, Italy. Milan, Tennessee. They got, they got the name. They got they got the name from us. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. They copy it, gotcha. 
Yeah. Oh, I have yeah. a friend. I have a friend who uh, who goes to the University of Tennessee that says the same okay. thing about Texas copying Tennessee and UT. So yeah, yeah. so they got it. They yeah. got it. yeah. I don't know. I tell them I don't know about it. I'm not saying I agree, they, but they yeah. All right. So so Milan, Tennessee, every uh-huh. day. Go ahead and tell us about every day in Milan. Yeah. So this, I'm. This is my first uh, of. It's gonna make an annual event, mm-hmm. but it's something I just thought of probably. It was like March. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something for my hometown. I had a camp in 2018, and I didn't do it the next year. I got – I was hurt. And then COVID, you know, craziness mm-hmm. in the world happened. But right. hadn't done anything since 2018. I was like, I need to do something for my hometown just to show some love, get people to come out. And really wasn't feeling – doing feel like doing a camp, football camp. Mm-hmm. I was like, what can I do to just – get everybody together. And I was like, let's do an, an event where we go out and compete, you know, kids, adults, just have everything, you know what I'm saying, lined up for, for the kids to go out there and play. And I just wanted to go out there and actually compete. I haven't played, I haven't played dodgeball in years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not go out there and just do some, some activities and have some fun. So we got dodgeball, we got tug of war, we're gonna have an obstacle course, uh, we got, uh, quarterback skill competition, and we got a stack race. So yeah. that's just a start. So next year we might have some some more things added to it, which we probably mm-hmm. will. Cause I have a whole year to think about it, but it's mm-hmm. just something out. You know, I was like, why not just get everybody to come out and just have a good time? We got food trucks, like the whole shebang and bang DJ. So next year, when we actually have a full year to plan it out, it's gonna be lit. It's gonna be lit. So um, sure. I, it's just something I think it's just it's going to be something cool and and it's going to be fun just to go back and, you know, talk to the kids or whoever mm-hmm. you know, that just get out there and just just be in, be in my hometown, having some fun. And I'm going to go out there and try to knock somebody's head off with the dodgeballs because I don't want them to win the prizes. No, <laughs> no, you got that. You got that competitive in you. You're a, yeah. you're a player. You're a player. It never shuts off. So high. My, uh-huh. my team got to, they got to come with it. They got to come yep. with them, man. They got to. They oh, got to. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I love that you're finding ways to get back to your community and do everything right. that you can to stay connected. Uh, that's thank that's you. awesome. Couldn't couldn't Very be much. couldn't be more impressed with you, Avery. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. Uh, please, everyone, go follow Avery on Twitter at a Williamson fifty four. Anything else that you are doing, um, if you want to stop by and pump uh, pump anything else you're doing, please feel free. Um, Otherwise, make sure you guys are following me uh, at Andrew Golden underscore 17 at B-L-E-A-V underscore in underscore Jets. Avery, the floor is yours to give your parting shots, uh, and we'll wrap this one up. Um, I think I said it all. Shout out to uh, shout out to Adam Gates, man, wherever you yeah. at. <laughs> what up? What up, my guy? What up, my hey, guy? Hey, look, it didn't work out with the Jets, but you, you still a cool dude, man. It is what it is. Shout out to Gates. Uh, all right. <laughs> Shout out to Gates. What a way to end it. Thank you guys so uh, he, much. He for probably, he's probably down there for a lot of there right now. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Kicking it, kicking it, hiding, whatever you want to call it. Same thing. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Avery, thank you again. I really hope I get the opportunity to speak with you again soon. Uh, be well. Hope best for you and your family. Thank, thank you, everyone, for joining no us. Same for you. For sure. Bye-bye, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.